Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecue. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey, lovely eaters. Welcome. I've got a really lovely episode here. I had a very funny, happy chat with Ben Liebus, creator of the online food platform Mob Kitchen and author of a brand new, very, very brilliant book called Mob Veggie. It's a bit like the Mob Kitchen one, but it's got no meats in it. Uh, first up, my usual thanks um, loads to you all for listening. Um, please tell everyone there is about the podcast. If you like it, contact me if you want. Follow us at The Hoovering Pod or on all the socials. And if you've got any spare wedge, please go to patreon.com forward slash The Hoovering Pod and you can see all the wonders I'll swap you in exchange for your pennies, exciting free content and discounts to live shows and all sorts. I would love to see you at a Hoovering live show. The next one's now at the Edinburgh Festival on the 13th and 14th of August at three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I've got some mind-blowing acts on the lineup. I'm going to wait until they're all sorted until I reveal them. Also, uh, that's just after my stand-up show, Hench, which I'm there doing the, for the whole month at 1.30 in the same venue, Monkey Barrel. Um, so why not pop along to that as well? It's selling well, so that's nice. And of course, don't forget that Hoovering is going on tour from September. We'll be hopefully coming to do a live show near you. So come, come, come. Go to livenation.co.uk and search for Hoovering and their tickets will come up. Come! Come! 
Right, that is enough admin. Let's have a podcast, shall we? I met lovely Ben in Borough, where his mob kitchen headquarters are, and I brought us some lunch, uh, which was a recipe from his genuinely badass new book, Mob Veggie. I made us um, a baba ganoush, some slaw, um, with some pita bread. <laughs> is, this, is this your home or your office or both? This uh, is just the office now, but my bed was just up there at the beginning was uh, it? for the first eight months. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that is very cool, actually. Yeah. I've always wanted to live somewhere where the bedroom is tucked up in the ceiling. Really? The main room. Really? Yeah. yeah well, I had a, a holiday once where we stayed in an apartment and it was like that. Yeah, it gets a little hot mm. um, and just... Uh, oh, that's it. Too popular. <laughs> As the um, as the uh, business was growing, I guess it was becoming yeah less and less tenable to be waking up and walking down in my PJs. Yeah, you're <laughs> too professional, Ben. Um, um, oh, quickly, how do you say your last name? Liebus. Liebus. Okay, yeah. that's lucky. That's good. Originally from Germany, then, this- yeah, it was Libus, uh, but they dropped the I. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Don't know why. For ease, pronunciation. That's fascinating. But it is the most mispronounced and misspelled surname ever. So, okay, yeah. fine. You've written this new badass book called Mob Veggie, um, following the huge success of your first book and YouTube series, Mob Kitchen. Um, I want you to talk me through all that, but first of all, I've brought something from your cookbook. Looks amazing. There's so much in it that looks so fit. It was really hard to pick. I basically picked on, based on what would travel from southeast London to a slightly more central bit of southeast London. It looks London. like it's travelled very well. It looks okay, doesn't it? So it's Baba Ganoush, some... Uh, uh, halloumi. I nearly forgot what halloumi was called for a minute. <laughs> Grated carrot. And I think I, maybe I fucked this up mildly because um, I couldn't find raw beetroot. So, so I grated the... some cooked beetroot. That's fine. I think that would be good. I think that would probably be a bit more digestible, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, definitely messy. Yeah. It's definitely pretty messy. Mm. Um, okay, fine. Um, so and then there's mint and coriander in there. Yeah. But is there a rule? Is there an order meant to do things? So with? I like to go in with... Um, I like to go in with a kind of nice spread of baba ganoush first. Okay, I'm going in halloumi first because I want the pita bread to warm up the halloumi. That's oh, very nice. On yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I guess that it kind of holds the rest, holds the rest in place. So I go in with a bit of halloumi, and then. Oh, you're doing this in a much prettier way than me. I think it might be quite funny to compare us afterwards. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm all into big flavors. I'm not very good at presentation. Presentation, yeah. And then we go in with that <laughs> lovely slaw. Oh. Yeah, I was surprised. Well, I don't know why I was surprised. I was interested that there's nothing like, there's no liquid in that slaw. It's just the grated veggies and herbs. Yeah. You need it because the bubba ganoush is... Exactly, so full of favour, exactly. Uh, and I think, you, yeah, you want it to be, you want it to be nice and fresh and light, so... Yeah. Uh, and then you go in with the more bubba ganoush. How did, uh, how did this come out price-wise? Oh, um, real good, actually. And in fact, so I've done a very, very lazy thing because I didn't even know it existed. I promise I've never done it before in my life. But I saw in the going off veggie section of Asda that um, they had bags of already grated carrot. Oh, really? Reduced to 11p. Wow. So I haven't even grated my own carrot. Mm, That's bargain. Oh, you've made yours look so good. I feel like I need to pap yours because you've made it look spectacular compared to mine. That's just a pocket of joy right there. Yeah. A couple of little herbs on the top. Wow. Smashed it. And then one of mine. (laughs) My much messier looking one. (laughs) Classic. Talk me through 
the whole mob kitchen thing, really, it's been embraced by so many people. I want to know stuff like, was it ever aimed at anyone in particular to start with? Specifically, uh, specifically at students. So oh. um, I created it. I had the idea when I was at Edinburgh University and I've always been a very keen foodie. My dad ran an Italian restaurant for 15 years. Um, and so I've always been very into food, but I saw that my friends weren't as into kind of experimenting with food and cooking that I was and they weren't uh, naturally going to jamieoliver.com or BBC Good Foods in order to find recipes and foodie inspiration. So... So yeah, I wanted to create a space specifically for them um, with recipes specifically for them with this kind of like catchy tagline of feeding four for under a tenner so I could yeah. show that it was actually really easy and accessible um, and affordable to cook, you know, healthy and delicious food. Yeah. And yeah, you know, all the other various bits that are part of the platform, the music with all the videos and the recipes, um, all kind of introduced and yeah every recipe in the book has a song that your men have put on while you cook it exactly that's very cool idea Um, never seen anything like that before yeah well I guess uh, you know just with that idea of kind of student cooking in mind um, it you know students love listening to music when they're cooking and it's a kind of party everyone does yeah no exactly except I guess older people will be listening to different music but we can't know yeah yeah not so much drum and bass and yeah maybe Maybe not not. we don't know that there could Mm. be there'll be someone out there in their 60s making these baba ganoush pictures is to square push up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing any of us can do about it. Exactly. Um, uh, this is so delicious, by the way. Um, I was nervous I'd burnt the garlic, but I think it's fine. Really good, it's yeah. It's so simple that you just stick aubergines and garlic in without even having to do anything to them. Exactly, yeah. And then just squeeze out the inside. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. The, the, ga- the garlic, I find... Um, I'm going to take a bite of mine mm. after I finish talking, so I feel like I'm yeah, not going to Yeah, I need to, to give you a break. At some point, I'll yeah. stop and tell a story just so you can have some lunch. <laughs> nice. Otherwise, this is um, torture for you. But I think um, I find raw garlic incredibly overpowering, mm. and it, with a lot of baba ganoush and uh, hummus recipes that you just grate raw garlic in. <laughs> Go store. Yeah, with a lot of those recipes, uh, with hummus and baba ganoush, you'll find a bit of raw garlic grated in. Even if it's a tiny amount, it just lingers, you know, and I just can't really deal with it. So no. if you if you just roast garlic, it just takes all of the intensity out. Yeah. You can squidge it in and... You can still get off with people afterwards. Exactly. And that is, if you're a student, really important, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't even thought about that if this was originally aimed at students because I think now it's got much broader reach like I'm 36 and I haven't been a student for a long time but I'm really genuinely really impressed by the cookbook I'm Thank you. about to go up to the Edinburgh Festival for a month where I can't take all of my you know the stuff that I have in trays yeah, and my yeah. stuff and it's like oh I think this actually if I'm going to take one cookbook I'm going to take this because oh, nice. it's the simplicity of it Thank do you know you. what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's also full of the sort of stuff that I love anyway mm. lots of tahini and lots of spice and yeah exactly yeah um, why veggie? Because the last cookbook wasn't. Um, um, yeah. Sign of the Times? Sign of the Times. I think we're getting so much feedback on our platform about right. how people are wanting to... Um, I think 95% of our platform are, are meat eaters, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of them are you know, wanting to experiment with taking up a more kind of like... Uh, plant-based diet. Ninety-five percent still. Do you yeah, reckon? Yeah, massive. I think you've got more hipsters than you know. No, no, you'd be oh, really, really surprised. Yeah, because you know the vegan communities are so loud, and yeah. so you ha- there is this. I think there's this like illusion that you know if you look at like social media and what people are talking about on social media, you would really. I think you would think that maybe like 45 percent of the population are currently yeah. vegan, whereas it's, it's absolutely bubble, not it? the it's case. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and. The, you know, most, really, most of the students that follow us are meat eaters, seriously, like 90, 95%, yeah. but they are interested in kind of experimenting with, 
you know, more plant-based diet, yeah. um, being a bit more flexitarian, that kind of yeah. thing. So we wanted to create this cookbook with those guys in mind um, and, yeah, offer them some meat, uh, meat alternatives, basically. Yeah. That's very cool. Personally, I think that's the way forward. Yeah. Like, and it's my... I uh, I was sort of temporarily trying being vegan when I started this podcast like a year and a half ago and then I got re- I accidentally sort of got really into it for a few months but now for a long time it's been very much vegan-ish. I Definitely, think if you can yeah. even flirt with it a little bit then it's just a little nod and wink to the planet occasionally. Like, exactly. You know, everyone is mindful of that. It doesn't have to be so absolutist and yeah. kind of religious as when it's a whole big thing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I think it's just a sign of the media bubble that you live in. If you live in any big city and how social media can make you feel Seriously. Like something's massive Seriously. when it's... Yeah. it's yeah. I, was, I was shocked when we... Because uh, one of the... Uh, the guy who works at Mob who manages our Twitter did a poll. Um, and it was just overwhelming how many people were meat eaters. eaters. And like even like our veggie and vegan content does so much better than the meat content. Yeah because those communities are so kind of active on social media but yeah. in reality when we kind of when it came down to it it was um yeah yeah but then you can be like a meat eater and then still want to eat in from a vet veggie recipes f- five nights a week i think yeah, that's exactly. becoming more and more standard i think that might be how we save the planet yeah maybe hopefully <laughs> i hope so <laughs> yeah. but you don't have to give up anything chicken's chicken's my one that i find is it very your difficult. fallback yeah yeah i love chicken right i love chicken <laughs> just your i wish people listening could see how your, your face has just lit up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i really love chicken i couldn't I really care honestly chicken. i don't think i could care less if i was told i wouldn't be able to eat pork lamb no, or yeah, beef um but chicken is just so good. Yeah, when it's good. But again, I feel like we might get there. We might get to the point where we can make an alternative that's damn good. There are mm. some amazing fake chickens out there. Have you tried this? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that really good? It's called it's this, this. It's called this. It's this, new, um, it's this new product that they do kind of like chicken goujons and chicken oh, nuggets. Wow. And they've partnered with um, Patty and Bun. Oh, nice. So they're being sold in Patty and Bun. And that's where I first came across them. And they are, yeah, they're hot mm. and they're, they're, they're so good really? and uh, chicken-like. It's kind of unbelievable. Scary. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever, they do a buttermilk chicken in Mildred's. Have you ever been in there? I haven't. Mm, that's really good as really? well. And it's like a bit frighteningly good. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. You used to be a Deliveroo driver. Yeah. Was that when you were a student? No, it wasn't. It was when I was... So when I moved back home uh, with mum and dad uh, as I launched Mob Kitchen. So I launched the platform, filmed these videos at the start of the summer when I left Edinburgh, summer 2016. What were you studying in Edinburgh? History. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally unrelated. Amazing. Um, I feel like my my essay writing abilities have aided my, you know, efforts in trying to pitch to people and emails and that kind of thing. So I do like to think that those four years were well spent and in some way kind of contributed to... (laughs) My career in and not just your debts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I um, I've got a law degree that I have never used, and my yeah. parents are absolutely gutted. But, um, <laughs> um, but um, is it true when you are doing delivery that if someone doesn't collect their food and like you've really tried that you get to eat? You it? do, yeah. And um, how often does that happen? Slash, is it often enough? Uh, I don't. I don't think that ever happened to me. They're always mm. eagerly uh, no. and sometimes angrily waiting Screw for the. Screw you! Yeah, yeah. Screw you guys! Yeah. Uh, but it was for me. It was a. 
because I moved back home with mum and dad to start the platform and I very naively thought that uh, I thought the content was so amazing that it would go viral overnight yeah. um, which obviously it didn't and <laughs> there's, a, there's a confidence right yeah. there I thought it would probably go viral overnight I know I did I thought I'd have a million followers in two weeks but, uh, <laughs> but and so every single new video I uploaded I was like this is going to be the one this is going to be the one and it um, and yeah it didn't happen um, and I was sitting at home with mum and dad uploading a new video every three days and I was kind of beginning to go a bit stir crazy. So mm. I, um, I, uh, yeah, took up being a delivery rider, you know, to bring a bit of money in, but also to kind of like physically get out and about. I was yeah. like hiding flyers in the pizza boxes and that kind of thing. Brilliant. Um, and while I think the impact was probably completely negligible, definitely completely negligible, I think... <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think having at least like having a feeling that I was like able to like actively do something uh, yeah. and actively move and hand people things and talk to people about the idea, even if it was one or two people a day, mm. kind of like helped my own sanity. So yeah, of course, yeah. that face to face interaction is massively important. Yeah, God, it comes back to that stuff we're saying about social media before. Really, mm. um, I've got a friend um, who. Um, if you want some lunch, I'll tell a story. But I've got some friends who just about a year ago moved up, bless you, moved to Plymouth. They've got young kids and he was a um, primary school teacher and he didn't love it. And he moved straight into a, a teaching job when they moved down there. But he was like, he just couldn't, his heart wasn't in it. And um, But they had to make some kind of income and he stopped and um, he is a rider for like I think about three different takeaway companies now but um exactly like you're saying I'd never thought about the element of it if he's so it's all on a push bike it's massive fitness thing mm, like you're mm. you are moving you're all the time and you're interacting with people in a way where they're really grateful to see you because you're bringing them something lovely you're bringing mm. people joy which is surely what everybody wants in a job really is what cooking for people does mm-hmm. so it's the same thing as bringing people food I think it's a really lovely stepping stone into um you can really see he's happier than he's ever been, basically, doing this job. Really? At the same time, he gets loads of time with his young kids. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it might not be forever, but he's moving his body and he's bringing people joy. Exactly. And I feel like you've... It's, it, I, you hear lots of stories of people going from various careers into stuff to do with food. For mm. example, why is a comedian doing a podcast about eating? But I just really love eating. And I yeah. think there's a lot of stuff in the world about food and not that much stuff about eating. I think mm. eating is the thing that brings you joy. But, Absolutely. Uh, and it's more complicated than just food. But anyway, um, what a lovely stepping stone to go from um, literally physically bringing people some food to going, right, all right, then let's... What's the bigger platform for this then? Yeah, yeah. The internet. Exactly. Mmm, delicious. Have you got a, a favourite recipe from the book? And that's the last thing specifically I want to know about the book. I am bang mm. up for making a roasted cauliflower thing. Delicious, um, very simple, just that feels like cauliflower. It's a, a centrepiece for a it is, proper yeah. do. Mm. And actually, that idea, yeah, I mean, it, and it's just so easy. You just put a cauliflower on a baking tray and cover it in some spices and olive oil yeah. and salt and pepper and whack it in the oven and. Um, uh, and that's really the kind of messaging of the book that mm. none of it is so simple. Mm. Um, I've never had any training in my life. Uh, so really it's about the extent of my culinary ability yeah. that is in the book. Uh, so very pared down, basic. I bet you've learned though as you've gone along and you must have done loads of testing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, through that I have, and I guess like various techniques that are probably a little bit more, you know, beyond just like frying garlic and chilies and um, yeah. olive oil in a pan, you know, things with corn flour and Asian cooking and uh, I don't know grilling and that kind of thing and sauce making um, which is stuff that I've picked up along the way but have you always been an adventurer or a recipe follower or a mixture 
Uh, I I hate following recipes. Do you? Uh, yeah. No wonder these are so simple. Then <laughs> I love it because I quite like the freedom with it. Well, I think that I mean some. I that's great that you say that, and uh, and I love to hear that because we have got some feedback from people as well from the other side who've said they are very very simple. You know, like I like you know, it. I like it as well, but you know, there, it, it isn't. You know, put three quarters of a teaspoon of paprika in no. this specific like moment or whatever <laughs> it is very well, based what it on assumes, it doesn't it doesn't assume any skill yeah. and I, I think honestly anyone could use it but it does assume a will and a confidence exactly and that's fine yeah it just the the song should be buoying you up enough for you to exactly like, what is enough paprika and if <laughs> yeah. you're eating it and go let us too much paprika and you'll know for next time. Exactly. Uh, the other thing from it, I'm desperate to make, is that Brazilian stew, but I can't... Uh, how do you say that? Uh, so I thought it... I told the whole team... Frijoles. No, I, it's actually... It's it's pronounced almost exactly as it's written. Oh. Feijoda. Feijoda. But I thought it was fejoda, and I was telling everyone <laughs> on the shoot for like two months, and then... Ah. And this prop stylist came in and being like, you're an idiot. That is how it's pronounced. If it helps, for, I think for the first 21 years of my life was brought up by my mum to blame someone else um, to pronounce the, the coffee press as a, um, a cafetier. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that is a bad yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even, I grew up in Dorset. Why was she saying cafetier? Cafetier. Um, and my friends at uni had to train me. They were like, cafe. Thierry, Thierry Henry, Café, Thierry Henry. I still struggle. I still have to do a break between the two halves of the word. Like a moron. Um, right, I'm just going to ask you some random general things about eating. Cool. Um, tell me something. This is a brand new question, so it might be terrible. Tell me something you remember eating whilst you're in a moving vehicle. Oh, my God. Um, driving back from football with my dad and my brothers, we'd always stop at... Uh, Mackie D's on the way home and get a get a big mac and chips and for some reason in that drive on the way back from the Arsenal it didn't feel as um, gluttonous and unhealthy it felt like a it's like you know when you eat in airports mm. or on a train you doesn't feel like count. you can eat just doesn't count yeah. you can eat whatever you want it's the same with alcohol in any diet actually. or like normal like yeah. you know any ideas that you have with food of things you do or don't want to normally consume when you're on the move you just feel like you can eat whatever you want so my um, friend Sally who is one of the um, healthiest people I know mm. has an amazing theory that because you know when you're on the moon um, gravity is six times less pull on you so your your mass is lighter in some weird, right. some weird yeah, physics yeah. of it that um, that means that if you are in a plane because you're that bit closer to the moon you can eat six times more Wow! and that that rule also counts for in airports as really? well yeah nice. <laughs> and I think I mean I'll tell you that uh, theory yeah, yeah. Well, both of us are obviously qualified scientists enough to say that that is uh, solid fact that you can take. It's yeah, really perfect. great medical I advice. Will. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think a Mac and D's in the car is the best. Did you always have Big Mac? Yeah, Big Mac's my order at Mac and D's yeah. uh, and fries. Do you remember what sort of age did you graduate from a Happy Meal to a Big Mac? <laughs> I was, I was, um, I was one of those kids, like from the age of five, we used to, you know, like the kid, there was like the kids tea and then the adults mm. had, I, would, I was like livid from the age of like four years old that I, I wasn't having. I keep hearing about yeah. this happening when you're like, I don't want your fucking beige yeah. food nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want... I want, I want a Big Mac. So, I mean, as early as I could, I think. I was never... Um, I was, as early as I could, I was always eating what the... I was trying to eat what the adults were eating and not eating, um, you know, whatever, baked beans and fish fingers. I think fingers that's spectacular. Or... No wonder you're into swanky food. <laughs> um, 
Tell me about anything you've ever eaten in your sleep or in a state that you don't remember. And the next day we're like, I've eaten something. Um, oof, I guess I, uh, my memory's taking me to the nights out in Edinburgh <laughs> uh, and just coming back and raiding the fridge with whatever was there. We got, I can't really eat Encona hot sauce anymore mm. because of the amount of times that we'd come back and anything that was in the fridge, leftover pastas or yeah. couscous, the only way to kind of jazz up the flavour was just throwing a shitload of Encona yeah. on it. And um, oh, so, yeah. Not good, yeah. not good the next day. No. You can feel it in your mouth as soon as you wake up if there's been some very brightly coloured hot sauce, hot sauce exactly. to you the night before. Have you ever had a patch where you ate the same thing every day? Yes. Tell me about it. There's loads of patches like this. Oh, I go really? through yeah, I go through like uh I go through like periods of being completely obsessed with one food. So I I reckon like the first was when I was uh ten or eleven, I was obsessed with um a cheese plowman's and I was obsessed with like all I was obsessed with like this idea of like just like I don't know. I wish I wasn't <laughs> sipping my drink because the idea of a ten-year-old being obsessed with a cheese plowman's is adorable. Um, but like this idea of like ripping off like a hunk of bread and like just having like a hunk of cheese and like, I don't know where I saw it. Maybe in like a famous five book or something. Yeah. Um, and and like just some like I mean literally I would like walk from my house to the village shop and buy all of the ingredients and I'd make it for myself every single day and I was hooked on it wow. for three months do you have yeah. pickle do you have pickle with yeah it? yeah pickle of course yeah pick a lily or Branson pickle or like whatever yeah nice um, what a funny old person's lunch yeah. choice to have gotten obsessed with yeah. as a young child yeah. that's really good and um, then Another one that I've been obsessed with is my dad's... My favourite dish ever is my dad's puttanesca, which... Uh, is that just a sexy red sauce? Has <clears throat> oh, it got fish in it? Yeah, it's got fish in it. Anchovies. Mm. And you can... He did it with uh, tuna to bulk it out. Ooh. But it's basically olive oil uh, into a pan. And then you uh, put in three cloves of chopped garlic, some chilli flakes, and like seven or eight anchovies with the anchovy oil. Fry mm. it all down. And then add in two tins of chopped tomatoes, um, a big handful of capers... Mm. Uh, you know, cook it all down until the tomato sauce is nice and thick, throw in a massive handful of chopped parsley, and if you want, at the end, a bit of tin tuna, and then toss toss it through some pasta. And he would make yeah. that for us every Sunday evening, and so that's my ultimate kind of comfort food. That's amazing. Um, what a really nice thing to have. And I got so into it, that, and um, I, I wasn't wanting to eat pasta twice a day, every day, uh, while I was at university, so I just ended up making that sauce all the time, bulk making that yeah. sauce and having it with beans or... Um, uh, but yeah, th- that kind of like puttanesca sauce from my dad is something that I got really hooked on for a stage of uni. Can you freeze it? Um, You're making one to make one today. Yeah, this we always get asked so many times if we can... Fr- <laughs> oh, yeah, why wouldn't you be able to freeze that? Why shouldn't wouldn't you be able yeah. to freeze that? I don't understand. What can't you freeze? I don't know. Um, I need to look it up. I, I only don't know about... Oh, of course all that's going to be fine, isn't it? A tinned anchovy. I think it's fine. as long as you heat it through. Yeah. That's the important thing. <laughs> what I've done is ask you a question you can't possibly yeah. know the answer to. So no, I can and I should. I, I, um, I run a cooking platform. Have you eaten anything particularly awful in the last week? Until I brought you around some... No, this is bloody lovely. Um, I'm surprised at how well this has travelled. Oh my God. 
Uh, the thing that I've really gone off in the last week has been we're doing we've just finished the mini mob school tour, which is we've toured around about twenty uh, primary schools in London and just outside of London, teaching the um, year four, five, and six kids wow, the how to tiny cook a healthy ones. veggie wrap. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but we get to the first school and we we do this veggie wrap and it's just a kind of tortilla wrap with hummus black beans, four different veggies, so cucumber, pepper, tomato, and avocado chopped yeah. up, and then a bit of cheddar on top. <laughs> Super healthy. Yeah. Uh, quite hard line, healthy. It's also on a whole meal tortilla, so not Gosh. that exciting, really. And one kid comes up to me at the end of the session and just goes, I thought you were a proper chef. This is rubbish. <laughs> and, and it was the first one that we did, and I had a little confidence here, and I was like, God, maybe we should change it out. So I spoke to the guys, and I was like, I think we need to bring something into the, um, put something into the wrap that's a little bit more exciting. So we bought a pack of two packs of cool I can't believe Doritos. you've accepted feedback from a brutal, yeah. evil I know, child. Yeah, I know, no, but it was general feedback. Right. We could see they were all pretty dismayed. Um, and so we brought two packs of cool blue Doritos to every single one of the next sessions. We basically said, if you try all of the ingredients that are on your table, you're going to be allowed the special ingredient at the end. And so they all did it and they tried all of the ingredients and we're getting into it, you know, partly because they're incentivized by the yeah. secret ingredient. And we pull out the Doritos at the end and they all went mental when they saw them. And so we'd crumble a little bit in all of them. And I was having, you know, the leftover Doritos or whatever, and it was all over my hands and fingers. And I've suddenly like, just now, we've given them so much free promo with all this school stuff. So I don't mind slagging them off a bit. I mean, this disgusting stuff in my hands. Yeah, exactly. It's strong. Uh, And it's sticky and cheesy. and thing. Oh. And pretty like fake tasting after yeah. a while, you know, after like an hour of not being in the school and it's still all over your fingers. So that I've, yeah, had a little aversion to Doritos for the time being. You Doritoed out. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah, we have. There's probably no crisp you can't have too much of. That's true. No great crisp. Yeah. Um, oh, good for you for doing those school things. Um, I think that kids are the cruelest for the yeah, they audience are, you know? or like yeah. client or whatever for that thing. In um, stand-up you can do... Uh, there are gigs that you can do in the daytime, certainly at festivals and stuff for kids. Um, and there's this lovely, brilliant company called Comedy Club for Kids. And um, I've had a, about two or three goes at it and gone, it's not for me. Yeah. And I did one where um, I'd bought some costumes and stuff and was just going to do some mucking about. But I thought, I've got one obviously totally clean bit of material. It's like a big story and very active. I'll do that. And um, it, I thought it was going all right. And then this like six or seven year old girl put her hand up and I was like, you're right. She went, excuse me, but I think you've forgotten this is actually meant to be for kids. And I was like, oh God, really? like the worst shade you yeah. can throw. And I was like, They're oh, brutal. right. Know your audience. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's the earliest thing you remember eating in your life? Oh. I feel like it's going to be something quite swanky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you were straight on the adult menu, quite young. God, I don't know. Maybe like school food at my primary school. Yeah. I don't know. That I was just... the food good in your primary school? Yeah, it was good. It was, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Um, we had, I actually went and did a talk there the other day. Um, oh, wow. To the, to the leaving year group. Uh, <gasps> was that terrifying? Or do you like that kind of thing? I quite liked it, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I had quite, I did have public speaking nerves at the beginning of right, Mob, yeah. Um, but I've done a few of them now. So I kind of have the story on lock. Sure. So, um, but I went into the into the kind of canteen area and um, and loads of the old things were there, which really brought back memories. So the, mm. the, the there was like a pudding that was on, which was that like pineapple upside down cake. Of course. Um, so that was a real one for me. And um, whereabouts? Where did you go to primary? In Oxford. In Oxford. Oh, yeah. Really? So I grew up in Oxford. Yeah. Um, and um, so yeah, things like pineapple upside down cake and. I guess, like, the fish and chips on Fridays, mm. um, which I loved, with, like, vinegar all over it, and those big, which probably weren't that nice, those big, like, thick yellow oven chips. But, yeah, yeah we loved them. Loved and, them as kids. Yeah. Oh, that's very lovely. I've forgotten about those pineapple upside-down cakes. Yeah. I remember break times. Our school food was, some of it was great, but it was, none of it was very healthy. Really? It was before anyone was making people be healthy in schools. Yeah. And every break time, we all got a Chelsea bun. And really? that was really good. Very nice, yeah. We got our, like, bourbon biscuits. We've actually just partnered with, uh, do you remember these? Oh, my God. Fox's party rings. Yeah. Whoa. Amazing. Um. Which are actually just, I think they are just pure sugar, yeah, even the biscuit bit, yeah. and they're rock hard, so weird. Yeah, so fun, yeah, they look how fun they are, I'm alright. <laughs> weird, <laughs> the, smell, the smell brings back memories, it's amazing. It does, and actually I've got a three and a half year old and he loses his shit for colourful sugary stuff really? like that. I mean that's it's exactly who that's for, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. wow, yeah. it is, it's something really party Well we've got, it. we've got a lifetime supply there, so fancy bucket. Oh, I would love to, thank you, very kind. Um, so, um, I, what, yeah, well, actually, that ties on from that. Have you got any particularly uh, particular memories or opinions on birthday eating? Um, oh, uh, I was always a massive chocolate fan when I was younger. So, um, chocolate cakes were my big uh, were my big passion. I guess. Apparently, up until the age of uh, eight, I was just obsessed. Literally, I think like seven or eight, I was obsessed with getting naked, and in all of my party, <laughs> in all of my, um, in all of my like birthday pictures, I'm just completely. I, I think you're just naked. pretending that this is only finished when you were seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really this I still well, do well it now. Into um, 
but um but yeah no there's always there are lots of snaps of me like hovering around the birthday cake section um completely stark naked <laughs> in your birthday yeah. suit but even at somebody cake. else's birthday Exa- yeah 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 <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just s- smeared in chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> like stick of the dump instead of mud. Chocolate all over you. Um, my cousin Dan, I don't know why I've just randomly remembered this, but would eat so much at every birthday party that he puked. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's not yeah. a big guy. He's, he's probably one of the most sensible, sensible men I know really? when it comes to eating now. But as a child... I'm, like, I'm kind of like that now. I have to really limit myself because I'm, yeah. I'm gluttonous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over Christmas or when we're oh, on holiday, yeah. I just go... Um, I really go <laughs> into the point where I'm in quite a serious amount of discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something, if it's not, you know, no one wants to live like that day in, day out. But yeah. as, as part of some, something celebratory, there's something quite nice about that, the pain of that discomfort. You also know it's temporary. Exactly, that is true. Yeah. That is true. I mean, and there probably are people who would who like it too much and enjoy the pain all the time. Um, I need to stop asking people that. Um, so it sounds dirty than it is, but the question is, what's the worst thing you've ever done with food? But I mean, as in like maybe a prank. <laughs> um. Uh, this isn't so much a prank, but we used to do this thing at university. There's this game called Danger Fives. Tell where me about Danger Fives. I think the rules were, it's kind of like a rock, paper, scissors type thing. And there are five people playing. Um, and you all... Oh, yeah, you basically... There are five people playing and you all have to... Um, you go one, two, three. And you, with your right hand, you either show a zero or a five. And if you guess the correct number... Of, uh, of all of the numbers, of all the hands that everyone's yeah. putting up, so anywhere between 0 and 25, you're able to pull your hand out. Um, and so it whittles it down until it's the final person, and that final person has to do a... That final person has to do a, a kind of um, forfeit, basically. Right. And at university, where, you know, the kitchen was, was the kind of... Was this a drinking cent- game, or was this an eating a terrible thing? Actually, game? well, yeah, that's the thing. At the university, so it was kind of drinking, but a lot of the time at uni, uh, you know, it was always done in the kitchen, so the forfeits ended up being really foodie-based. Um, and the worst one that I ever had to do was... Um, there was a jar of, um, there was a kind of egg cup filled with garlic powder. Ooh. And it was just before we went out and I had to, oh, and I had to man. shot the garlic powder. <gasps> yeah. Just the dust? Just the dust. Oh God, is that like the cinnamon challenge? But Yeah, kind of like garlicky and intense. Oh and God, so, and then did I, you not burn? How did you get it down? Were you not allowed a drink? I, I ended up being allowed a drink and, um, <laughs> and then I went through, and then I went out with everyone to, to the club and uh, I think I was there for like two minutes before it, but okay, I realised that I wasn't going to be able to be in public for a couple of days before it all washed through, so I just went home. <laughs> oh God, and then was it, I imagine it then, it's in your sweat. It's disgusting, yeah. I, do you know what? I hate garlic powder. There's really? some things yeah. where the tiniest amount of it, I can yeah. get why it helps. Yeah. But this, I, it doesn't I love really taste. garlic, but yeah. garlic powder so, is a different taste. Completely. It's something really synthetic and um, yeah. uh, cloying. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, that yeah. is brutal. Yeah, horrible. Um, I did a chili eating competition. Offered Someone had a chili plant at a house party once, and that's probably the most really? brutal thing like that that I've done. But I, this lad was like, go on, go on, go on. And I was like, all right. And then in the end... Um, I ate five chilies. I had to do three bites on each one and swallow it. And I was in agony, but he kind of went purple and needed to go home. Really? Because I could have half a pint of milk and then I was fine and he didn't drink milk. Wow. So he was just upstairs just blowing bubbles into a sink filled with cold water. Horrible. And actually, that's probably really dangerous, isn't it? I, th- 
I always I wonder, <laughs> is there a chili that you could eat that's so hot it could For sure. I've read a I mean, who can believe and I've just spotted some cool original Doritos in the background and thought, oh god, they're, <laughs> they're with you forever. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure I read something, not that you can necessarily trust the news, about, yeah, someone in America probably who ate... Because they have chili-eating competitions yeah. for people to come and watch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would want to watch it. I feel sweaty just and talking what, about it. And what it. happened? They died? Yeah, someone died. What, what, how? Like, their heart? Heart attack, yeah. Fuck. Because that's a massive physiological reaction. If you've got to the point where you're... You know, all your complexion's changed and yeah, you're yeah. sweating, that means your heart is doing something. Yeah, exactly. It? But it... If you think probably of a concept about the sort of person who's prepared to enter a competition that there probably isn't even a money prize for so yeah. that people can watch yeah. you eat too much of a thing that's quite painful to eat, he's probably not going to be someone who is in the best health anyway. That's true. Potentially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> certainly not mentally. Um, five second rule. What are your thoughts on that? I think what I mean by this question is what's the grottiest you've gotten? in terms of stuff that you've eaten that you maybe shouldn't have? Oh, um, I think it completely depends on the... I think it depends on the state of the floor that it's dropped on. So, uh, yeah, public places, I'd say I'd say a no-go if it's... Really? Yeah, probably. Okay. Like a pavement or a train. Would you, would you say otherwise? Um, I would have usually have said otherwise until I had a child that's like a dog. And just this... Just this week gone, we were eating outside by the sea on a bench. And um, uh, earlier that day, he'd um, found an old bit of cake in his rucksack. And I said, no, 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 we're not not having that. Like, that's been in there for a couple of days, really. And um, I put it behind me and we were on the beach. And later, I was in the sea, so I was too far away to do anything about it. I saw him picking it out of the sand underneath my bag. And eating it. Wow. And then later that afternoon we were eating by the sea and um, seagulls kept coming and landing on our table and we'd shoot them away, but they're really brave. They're like sea foxes. Yeah, yeah. They're too brave. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah. and then during that meal at one point, in, and so obviously it's an outdoor table, obviously there's been birds on it, probably birds shitting on it throughout <laughs> the day. Um, he dropped a bit of ketchup and I, just before I could stop him, kind of climbed onto the table on all fours and licked the ketchup directly off. Wow. Directly off the table. Like off the kind, kind of, of back it, yeah. Um, so because of watching that and not really stopping it, and it being quite a regular occurrence, and him being generally fine, yeah, yeah, health wise. Oh, so you actually I think, yeah, I don't know, maybe it maybe I think I'm, it actually maybe makes you healthier because you're yeah. taking in that bacteria. I mean, and... his immune system is badass, really, yeah, I it bet. has to be, yeah. Um, but on the odd occasion where he does get Tommy ill, I think, well. You fucking deserve it, Cross the line there. Absolutely. Bloody deserved it. Stop licking the table, you tramp. Um, no, I think that's fair enough. I think it's from obviously, yeah, it's all about context, isn't it? If something's exactly. fallen into a dog's bed, I'm not going to pick it up no. and eat it. Yeah, yeah. If something's fallen into the footwell of my car and I'm still hungry and it was a nice thing to eat, you're going to go for I'll it. I'll be all over that. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, <laughs> also, I feel bad when I work, talk to people who work in food and on food platforms because I, I don't obviously ever mean it in a professional context. I've had so many, like, I've had chefs, I'd be like, no, no, and you're like, oh, come on, I'm on about when you're at home. <laughs> of course, no one's serving any, anybody something that's fallen in a dog's bed. Um, do you think you've ever eaten or not eaten something that's genuinely helped with an illness or a medical thing? Um, oh, or drunk, well, I should say. A, a kind of reverse of this, which is the worst yeah. thing. That's, I used to get, uh, I had bad eczema when mm-hmm. I was younger and I used to get, um, I used to, I used to get really bad tummy aches. Yeah. 
and no one could work out what it was from. And we ended up going to this doctor who, um, this really like posh upmarket doctor who, who I went in there and he did these like did these tests where I'd hold these little tubes in my hand and he'd push my arm down and he basically somehow thought that. I don't know, the, the more resistance, the less resistance you could give would show that um, if you couldn't resist his push, it would show that you maybe had some kind of reaction to what was in the tube you were holding. What? And one of those this things... This is that, an upmarket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harley Street. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. 200, 300 quid a Jesus session. Jesus yeah. Christ. And so I was holding something that I think it was, there was lactose in it. Right. And, um, and I was 12, a chocolate lover. And he, we get to the end of it and he was like, yeah, we did one. And it, you know, it had lactose in it. And so I think uh, Ben's lactose intolerant. And it was like someone had just told me my entire family had passed away. I oh. came out of the, I came out, I was with my mom, and apparently I broke into hysterical tears on the street. I couldn't believe, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to eat chocolate anymore, whatever. And I was off lactose for a year and a half. And then, in, and I think it ended up being something like wheat. And it was nothing. <laughs> And it was nothing to do with the lactose. And I can no. remember feeling, I can remember feeling like so... So hang on, so... carried on having the tummy aches and the eczema? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh my but, God. But I'd given up lactose. And then we pulled, and then we pulled down the wheat. And, you know, and I think also it was, it was, it was like a, probably like a hormonal thing as well. Yeah. And I was, as I was, you know, getting older. Yeah. Uh, right it kind of passed away. And, um, and yeah, I just remember feeling particularly screwed over by that one bit of medical advice. Really expensive really, yeah. medical bullshit. That meant that I couldn't eat chocolate for a year and a half. Which as was soon my... as you said he was basically seeing what your bicep curl looked like as you were holding different test yeah. tubes, I thought, I'm not sure I trust this dude. I know, because I was like, you know, the amount that you're putting... I'm a little boy or a man, the amount you're pushing down. I feel yeah. like I could feel a different force coming from his... <laughs> it's like a Ouija board yeah, level yeah. of science happening here. Well, not a great advert for Harley Street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, has a travel that you've done, because the food in the book is from all over the place or inspired by yeah. the cuisines of all over the place, which I love. I um, can't bear the thought of having to... I think we've been so spoiled now that we've got access to all this stuff. The idea of having to eat just one nationality of cuisine ever again is terrifying. Mm, mm. But... Um, have you ever travelled to anywhere that you remember particularly because of the food? Um, yeah, a few places. I mean, most of my inspiration uh, comes from most of my inspiration comes from I don't know places where I've been or visited right. uh, and restaurants I've been to. Um, so, um, so yeah, I guess one main one. I went to Cartagena. Uh, northern northern coast of Colombia. Oh wow! And the food there was like stunning and amazing. Right. I I love fish so mm, much. So it was a lot of like raw fish and oh, ceviche wow. and and it was really cheap, but just kind of like really thinly sliced white fish with loads of citrus and coriander and like you know it was just like very very good and fresh. Italy is a massive. Mm. Uh, inspiration for me i've been um we've got these family friends who live in the south of italy right. and so as a family we go on holiday there most years and um and yeah you know the pastas and how simple it is mm. just kind of i don't know garlic and olive oil and i don't know a fish the best or garlic lemon the best or, olive oil i know is, yeah. isn't it? that's that the thing though it's the quality of ingredients and so but it's very maybe difficult you can see that that the your respect for that in like how simple the recipes are there are yeah. loads of ingredients exactly it's not, and it's not all about keeping it cheap which i have so is is one of my favourite things about the book that 
each dish is affordable to make yeah ultimately but also you don't you know there might be one fancy ingredient in some of them but as a rule mm. it's all stuff it's also very difficult to get it right i mean we've just we're, there's a laxa in the book yes my kind of like experience with laxa is lots of really nice delicious spices mm-hmm. and uh toasted off you make a laxa paste which is this kind of like red uh curry paste Lovely. and then you whack it in to a wok or a pan with coconut milk and noodles and it's meant to be this kind of like uh noodle soup type thing and um, and there are some, you know, things like shrimp paste. Yeah. I don't know where you find shrimp paste in England. You can't really. Yeah, um, unless you've got an amazing Asian supermarket near you, which is a huge exactly, privilege and luxury. Exactly. Yeah. So there are some recipes like that where we've had to omit certain ingredients because they're very inaccessible or because they're a little bit expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a fine line to tread because with that recipe in particular, we've come under quite a lot of heat. Right. We uploaded a video version of the recipe in the book to Reddit yeah. and everyone went mental. Oh, what? It hasn't got the, this special paste in? It hasn't got this special paste. It's nothing like it, it's the wrong consistency oh, la 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 so um but it's still delicious exactly you have to do a version of things with what most people have got access to exactly you're not yeah. doing a, and that's what we're not pretending to be from the malay peninsula with access to all of that stuff exactly yeah. so i think what we try and do is we try and yeah uh we take a lot of inspiration from you know dishes from abroad and when we travel and restaurants and that kind of thing and we then bring them back to the mob studio yeah develop and test them, you know, in a format that is accessible and cheap uh, for everyone to do at home. Brilliant. And sometimes we don't quite hit it on the mark, but I You're think it's pretty trying. damn close. You're always yeah. trying. You can't impress it. You can't, you know, please everyone. So. You can't. Say scrum diddly umptious. Hello. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum a grey cloud comes to life and grows arms and legs with a massive unicorn spike, but it's like a sword instead of being like a nice spirally one. Anyway, it's found a source of all music and it's about to try and kill it with its new body and sword head. But it, it said it won't and it will stop and leave music alone. But only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Ben, do that humiliating low spider crawl walk thing people sometimes make people do in the gym. But you have to do it across whole fif- 15 really massive car parks that go on for miles and miles like the Ikea one, but 15 of them. It sounds impossible but you do it you're a hero your reward is um, the adulation of all humanity for all time because you've saved music perfect Um, but your immediate reward once you've had a shower and reset but you're in that post massive exercise high you're starving yeah or really hungry or ready to eat I should say yeah Um, I want to know you get the feast of your dreams and nothing has to be healthy possible ethical it doesn't have to exist, even. Okay. I'd like to, what would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who, with, and where, then who, with, and where? Oh, God, I shouldn't really be saying this in the promo of a veggie cookbook. But <laughs> no, like... you can, because it doesn't have to be ethical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have, like, potentially a slightly gross, um, uh, like, love for standing with uh, in a room filled with my best friends. Love it. Um, listening to some really nice, like, upbeat, jazzy music, some, like, nice Afro-jazzy tunes. Um, at the end of a roast dinner with a chicken carcass that is uh, that still has quite a lot of meat on it. Yes. And I like just picking the meat off the chicken carcass. And I have often said to my friends that I believe I would be in heaven if I was left in this situation with my best mates in the room with a half-eaten chicken carcass in front of me, perfectly cooked, listening to this music. But the chicken carcass is perpetually at that state of... <laughs> you uh, never have to finish so it. So I never have to finish it, and I can keep tearing bits off it and getting into all the nooks and crannies and, and finding those little bits of meat. Those really juicy bits. Do you like the skin? 
love the skin yeah. love the livers and the bits Amazing. on the inside love the bits underneath I like I love it yeah good man <laughs> anything to drink with it um oof you don't have like a dream drink that you'd have in that situation uh, I reckon like a big pint of ice cold sparkling fresh orange juice and fizzy water. Nice! Yeah. Oh, I love it. I can I can really picture that, and I love. I feel like I'd be in a bit of a state if it was alcoholic after in a perpetual sense. Yeah, so, if, you're, uh, if this actually is going on for days yeah. of nibbling, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, fine, I understand. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for coming around. Yay, dear Ben. I loved that chat. Follow uh, them on social media. They're at Mob Kitchen UK um, and they're on YouTube, Mob Kitchen as well, with lots of recipes over video that you can watch. Get the book. It's called Mob Veggie and it's in all the internet shops, probably as well as lots of the real ones right now. It's really good. I am going to take it out to the fringe with me and cook lots of lovely things from it. So why not come and see a Hoovering live show or come and see me do a bit of stand-up? Can't hurt, can it? Follow us at the Hoovering pod. Follow me if you want, at Jessica Foster Q. Uh, and there's always more information about the stuff I'm up to uh, and links to my gigs and the live shows all on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering! 